He's Aaron. She's Elizabeth. And, and we're, we're married, married to, to the, the idea. idea. We compare and contrast our opinions on pop culture. Books, movies, TV shows, nothing is safe from us and our yeah. differing opinions. Yeah, we try to bring two, uh, two perspectives, maybe find two different ways of looking at something or uh, even uh, uh, find two different uh, ways of uh, looking at the same thing. Sometimes we don't know. Yeah. Uh, sometimes we know exactly that I'm going to hate and you're going to love, but sometimes we go into something not knowing what it's going to be like, and today I feel like that's what we did. Yeah, the um, the subject that we decided on for one of the last uh, episodes before Halloween. But not the last. No, we've got one. You picked the last. Months yeah. ago you picked the last. As soon as we started saying... Oh, we're gonna do podcast. Oh, we're gonna do a Halloween themed. I'm like, I know, I know exactly what I want to be the the Halloween episode. Which um, we're releasing both of these on Halloween. A special little treat. Yeah, we since we tricked you and didn't give you an episode last it, week. I mean, just radio silence. Is we were so busy. The both of us, like I, I had work all week, and you had uh, projects so and many, events. So many Halloween events. Everyone decided the Saturday before Halloween was when everything would culminate. Which you think you, you know that. That actually makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not surprised so much as I'm disappointed. Really, <laughs> I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. And of course, it rained because it always does. Yeah, actually, the rain stopped by the time we went to. Uh, there's a uh, a big party that we go to uh, every year, uh, right before Halloween with our friends. And right as we got to the party, the rain like stopped pretty much well i wish that had uh, been communicated to my boots because they got trashed in mud <laughs> oh no, no i was saying that's that's it rained all day but yeah the 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 and the mud and everything was that like because my boots were pretty bad too if i remember correctly <laughs> i was so exhausted by the time we got home that i didn't even look at them but today is a very lazy sunday just watch and record. Watch and record. We literally are sitting on a couch, surrounded by cats, in uh, on a underneath a blanket. Keep that for your visual this entire time. Yes, we like, are super relaxed. I'm I'm literally stroking a cat while I'm <laughs> while I'm talking right now, which is actually incredibly pleasant. I'm very intrigued to see if the purrs get picked up on the radio. <laughs> on the radio. Oh, no, on the recording device. <laughs> so, uh, as you guys see uh, with the with the preview, uh, preview image that the lovely Miss Elizabeth makes uh, for them. Thank you, baby. Um, which I'm thinking I want to redesign our logo. I've been Season thinking two, about it. Season two, you can take and do whatever when, you want. What, what, what is the official start of Season two, the new what year? A, what or? an excellent question. I think it's going to be... Before we get to 100, because we can't do 1 dot 100, no. so on so forth. Maybe New Year, I think, is the yeah. way to go. I mean, every three months, quarterly. Okay, yeah, I could see. Uh, so then, technically, wouldn't how in Halloween wouldn't this be the end of season one then? Oh, I don't know. Maybe we'll just pick a number. At 30, <laughs> we stop, and a new season starts. Yeah, we'll, we'll go TV. Uh, yeah, because one of the things I have the biggest problem with when I follow podcasts on SoundCloud, I don't know if you guys follow us on SoundCloud or iTunes. Oh, I remember to do the plug party first. Uh, Yay! 
only only about four or five minutes in, and we managed to get the plug party. Uh, so out if of the way. you want to follow us, we're on Facebook at Married the Idea, Twitter at Married Number Two the Idea, or you can email us uh, your requests or questions to married to the idea reviews at gmail.com if you forget any of those you can always find us online married to the idea dot uh and you can find us on soundcloud and itunes um it would be nice to have uh someone else take over the designing process of this because yeah. the recording part and the watching part we both have to do but then it's like, see ya. And then I got to make up a little composite image and do the audio editing. And you want fancy things like <laughs> audio cues. What's that? And we've got a, a couple uh, uh, podcast friends. Uh, I mean, because we, we do another podcast ourselves. And then we've got... Um, yes, if you want to hear our opinions on religion, <laughs> uh, not yeah. movies, you can follow our Talk Blindly podcast, which we do with our good friend Stephen. And uh, Jonathan. So we've... But uh, what I was saying is that uh, for uh, another set of friends who do a beer podcast, uh, our humble beer podcast, shout out to them, uh, I made a... Uh, a template for them for their um uh title cards so yeah you know you live with a designer husband when you just throw together something because you want to get started and you start making images and they're like ah oh, i see one of the impact font like everyone else in the world I'm like, god dude i just gotta get something on the books <laughs> so i'm uh, i'll be doing some uh thinking sketching on that soon um, i've got some other projects i gotta finish first but that is gonna be probably on my list maybe november december time so yay uh, but, uh, as you, again, we're trying to get back into this actual, you know, podcast. Um, where are you going? Uh, <laughs> bye, Lorelai. Oh, oh, she, she resettled. She was around the microphone. Now she's more on Aaron's lap. Like, oh, Elizabeth, you're talking. I'll just move my way away from your voice then. She's literally laying in my hand. Just like, uh, you're going to pet me, right? We have two cats, Cotton and Lorelai. Cotton is sitting next to us because he's an old man and 15 and doesn't give any cares anymore. But Lorelai is skittish and short and has no idea what being a cat is all about because she falls off of things way too regularly, has no idea where her body sits, and looks like a doofus. And cats aren't supposed to look like doofuses, Lorelai. I'm sorry. That was shameful. That, I shamed her, and that yeah, was not nice. you shamed her. You didn't have to you, do that. Lorelai, you do you, girl. You do you. So, uh, but as Lorelai sits in my lap, um, <laughs> I, uh, I came up with this idea, uh, because I took control to the reins of Halloween, uh, IR ideas. Uh, I try to give Liz some, um, uh, inputs. Uh, I actually did really bad about giving her input until like two weeks or a week before we started. I'm like, oh, I just realized I never asked you your opinion on what we're doing this month. So... <laughs> Can you, like, give me some input, and I'll definitely readjust. There's going to be a couple things I'm firm on, but beyond that, like, can, you, can I have your input? Uh, so, this... Yeah, I got to pick Grinch Knight and Adam's Family. I got to pick the ones that I like. We never did Casper. I did want to talk about Casper, uh, but... We'll say that for next year, because okay. there's, there's definitely... I've definitely not done one... Uh, or even two that I kind of thought of halfway through this... So, uh, yeah, there's definitely some uh, some movies that we missed this year. So we'll, we'll look at next doing next year. Maybe we'll do like a lead up episode again um, of non traditional Halloween stuff, and then actually do 
Halloween. So um, I don't know if we'll do the two a week, though. No, I think that's, you know, we're sorry that we missed last week, but there's definitely a part of me before this that said, yeah, October, that's not a busy month. And then I laughed and laughed and laughed because we we pushed ourselves so much to try and do two a week. I think we didn't have anything banked. We were doing them live again and again and again. Screw it. We'll, or fuck, we'll do it live. <laughs> Good thing we're an explicit podcast. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not worried about that for the longest time. So, But, yeah, we've got uh, – uh, so when I came up with this idea, um, I thought, uh, you know – this is something that not as many people have seen, at least people around our age. And, um, you know, everyone knows familiar, about. Yeah, it's yeah. familiar in the zeitgeist. It's yeah. collective conscious of humanity. Yes, this is something that people know about. Even if you've never seen an episode, like me. And it, it well, uh, well, you saw one episode. Yeah, I'm not even sure how that happened, but you wanted me to watch it. And it was cool. I have no idea why we picked it but i liked it well i mean i was talking about the one for the 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 short stories based on books like the that was thank you ray bradbury you mean uh, mean earlier this month when i it wasn't this month i think it was september that we did it was the ray bradbury theater that's right because i got stuck in uh jeff goldblum land i'm really excited for thor ragnarok (laughs) Uh, we'd be actually we'd be seeing it this week. So yeah, I'm excited. Well, we got the movie pass. Oh, I'm so excited! I'm so I uh, like like I know, I know. All right, and so like how I get how I took the reins for uh, October. I'm giving the reins over to Elizabeth for December. But I think Thanksgiving time we should just we're have just, a lot of fun. We should just, just bank a shit ton of stuff. That's right, because you're gonna have holiday, and now that we have movie pass. We can literally see everything. This is going to be great. So much untapped potential for this. I hadn't even thought about it. And, you know, of course, there's still the the sadness that it's one day later. And I still have not watched the entirety of Stranger Things Season yeah, 2. And I like, really I'm, want I'm, to. I'm already, like, tr- having to probably think about avoiding Facebook. Because everyone's like, oh, my you know God. What? I haven't seen anything. I've seen one thing so far. And it's not a spoiler, necessarily. It's just like, okay, I'm, I'm going to be looking out for that. So. Maybe, maybe it's just not a spoilery show. I'm even thinking about the first, the first season when we watched it. Yeah. And there's nothing that happens that's pretty spoilery spoilery like like there's a no there really isn't we can talk about like the plot i mean we can wreck the plot yeah but things happen but but there's there's no twist he was dead the whole time so yeah like i mean there's like a couple small twists it's nothing like huge like oh my god the killer was in the house the whole time or something like that the biggest spoiler which won't be i won't say it uh but i think the biggest spoiler is why does anyone care about barb oh yeah poor barb poor barb uh so but Beyond that, um, we're uh, we're very excited. We I was excited. I think I was more excited about the idea than how it ended up happening. Uh, in the uh, what we're doing today? No, I'm excited. Oh no, I it's think... not that I'm not excited. I was I wasn't as happy with the results as I was hoping for. Oh, I think there's a lot to talk about here. I honestly, having seen both of these variety, uh, both of these interpretations there's a lot to discuss here just in the how they did it 
So let's get into it. So uh, again, as you see from the title card, uh, we uh, watched the Twilight Zone movie made in the 80s. Uh, now, Twilight Zone was a property back um, you uh, can created tell by... It, you can tell this is 80s because Dan Aykroyd, you can still see his skeleton frame. <laughs> Did you just fat shame Dan Aykroyd? You've shamed no, Lorelai about... No, he's He's a boy, Dan Aykroyd. In the... Are you saying that he's young? Yeah. Like, so you, say it like, that. like you, I could see your young bones before you got your shoulders when you uh, turned well, into a teenager. But still, like, uh, yeah, he he's definitely young um, in this movie. Uh, but, like, yeah, the uh, we watched, we actually watched the movie first, and then we watched the original shorts that it was, they were based on uh, next. So I figure what we'll do is we'll go segment by segment. Let's do it. Um, but, uh, of course, Twilight Zone was created by Rod Sterling, who uh, you know was uh, a creative property. I think he wrote a bunch Quite and a few. and uh, was also a um, uh, was the narrator for the entire series. Uh, but he passed on before the movie came out. Um, and I guess before we get rolling with it, we kind of have to talk about the quote unquote elephant in the room. Uh, now I actually knew about what happened with the movie, but I didn't understand the full extent of the movie until I watched it and, you know, did all the IMDb, uh, you know, research. Well, you're a trivia buff. Oh, absolutely. Background stuff. Um, but there, there is, uh, there's actually, there's a small urban legend, but then it's based on a real life tragedy. Um, in the movie, uh, the actually the first segment's called uh, "Out of Time," um, is uh, uh, which stars Vic Morrow. Uh, during filming this movie, he uh, they were filming, and actually one of the last scenes of the the short, uh, and he uh, they actually filmed two different endings, and they they filmed the first ending. And then they filmed the, the the one that you actually see in the movie, and then they filmed the second ending. But the second ending involved a helicopter, and unfortunately, the helicopter crashed. I think killing the two uh, he uh, the main actor Vic Morrow, the two children he was with, and then uh, I believe it was I think the helicopter pilot and the assistant in the helicopter. I think they all died as well, and. It was not, there was a lot of people angry and upset. Um, in fact, Steven Spielberg, who was really good friends with John Landis at the time, um, like who actually, he directed another short, um, was actually about to completely walk away from it. Like, he was not going to direct. He was like, I'm out. I'm done. And he was, uh, they managed to kind of convince him and he did his, but like, he apparently, like, he did not do like he he has not been fr really good friends with John Landis since like uh cuz a lot of people blame John Landis for it and they changed a lot of rules about uh about the movie industry after that happened yeah and it result there was uh, a lot of there was a huge trial and John Landis and the the filmmakers did not get let uh litigation taken against them in the end but yeah a lot of things changed after that it was so it's really the funny thing about it is i think that's made it more taboo but i don't think 
as tragic as the background is to the creation of the movie, I don't think it has any bearing upon the movie itself. No, it's just kind of getting the elephant. You know, well, it could. You know, like it, the... it could do to a point where you would only see that and you could only think about the tragedy that inspired it. Kind of yeah. like any, um, not Spielberg production, any... Weinstein? Like, any Kubrick. Yeah, God. And I was going to say any Kubrick production just because of the way he just pretty much tortured his actors oh. and actresses. Well, you can say the same thing with... Um, uh, uh, Alfred Hitchcock. I was going to say and, Hitchcock, definitely. Yeah. But there's a, the, with going off of the tragedy, uh, there's actually an urban legend. And this is how I found out about the tragedy in the first place. Uh, us being, you know, born, both of us born in 1990, this, this movie was before our time. And I think, I think what happens is people wouldn't, there are people who aren't able to watch it because of what happened, obviously. And that's, there's, if that is the case, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Um, with us, we we weren't uh, exposed to the tragedy before that we saw the movie. So, um, and we actually watched it with a couple of friends, and uh, our friend Katie kind of gave us you know some insight on that. But um, I actually there was a um, uh, 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 like a short film series, like a YouTube series kind of before YouTube was really a thing uh, about urban legends and stuff like that. And this guy uh, talked about how there's a possibly a ghost in the, um, uh, the first segment. There's like this one part where, cause uh, the first segment is Alfred or Albert Brooks and Dan Aykroyd driving in a car uh, talking and playing a game, um, uh, doing theme songs and talking about TV shows, and um, they, uh, um, as they're driving, they're doing something, they're singing, they're trying to sing along together a little bit, and you see like this little light kind of bounce on the side of the road, and it's like it's a it was a you know closed road for them to film and. Oh, I remember this, and you pointed it out, and, you know, I I don't think I don't believe in ghosts, but rather I find that a haunting, as described, not, not poltergeist or anything like that, um, but perhaps just my particular uh, ex not experience, uh, my particular ideology, I tend to think that places are haunted, not people. Go, you know, people, the, the, the souls of people are not hanging around after they go. They, they, they head off. They go to wherever they're going. But I do think that if enough people die or are hurt or enough, you know, violence or anger is created somewhere at a point in time, it can manifest and hold on to that place forever after. Kind of like, um, like when you go to Gettysburg. And you just stand around in it, and it feels like haunted. Not like, you know, spooky Confederate soldiers coming out of the woodwork, but it feels <laughs> like something happened here. Even if you had no idea, there's something about stepping into that place that you think there was something that occurred. And I I don't know if that makes uh, sense theologically, but to me, I've always felt that to be the better explanation. So to me, it's always interesting when they talk about catching ghosts on celluloid and what it actually is. It'd be far more, honestly, to me, it'd be far more interesting if it wasn't a ghost. Because if it isn't a ghost, then what is it? Yeah, and that's that's the thing, too, is you've got to, um, 
there's there's urban legends for everything and truth be told i actually really like urban legends i they add a kind of an air of mystery and um i think this one is they're trying to find something that isn't there kind of like the urban legend that there's a ghost in the background of three men and a baby it's not it's it's a, literally a stand-up a stand-up or standee of uh uh, someone else or someone one of the actors in the film or the shadow the of film. the hanging munchkin yeah that one is so strange and because the again the same film series that i watched or a, a tv series whatever we want to call it uh they had both of those that the that there was a hanging monk uh, munchkin that hanged himself or that the uh, the ghost was in there and it sometimes people evil things that happened on um, the wizard of oz i don't know why we have to invent things like how the actress who played elmira gulch like just was feared by children forever and how uh dorothy gale the woman who played her didn't you know want to act or sing but she was forced to for a lot of her life until she got old enough that Hollywood could spit her out of the system there's a million real things but to she talk was about. uh she actually appeared on mr rogers and Amara she, Gold, yeah she was so sweet well, that, mr rogers god bless him rest his soul the man deserves any good will that comes because he did so much good in the world. Apparently, uh, a little girl was blind and she couldn't tell when he was doing things. Uh, and like she wrote in, like saying, "I really like your show, but I'm blind, so I can't, I can't see you. Um, and when you do these activities, and I want to follow along, do you mind saying what you're doing?" And so from then on, he started saying. I'm going to take off my shoes here. And he takes off his shoes. I'm going to put my uh, my coat away and put it in the closet. I'm going to cry. Shut up. That's like that. That's who oh. Mr. Rogers was. So. <laughs> but um, yeah, this there was an urban legend on that. And I think they were just trying to find one. I, and again, I like urban legends. I kind of believe in them. And I'm actually a very big believer of uh, the paranormal. So, uh, but yeah, it's, it, it was kind of interesting. So the, the first segment, of the movie, getting into the the Can swing I talk of things. About how they just how they why they made the movie this way because the to me this is the big thing this is the big question of this. They you were, want to save that for the last? No, I or? kind of want to talk about it now. I feel like it informs everything. Why, when pitching a Twilight Zone movie, was the answer? Let's just reshoot four existing episodes that don't have anything to do with each other and put them together in an anthology. Be oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's not because Aaron can't figure out the answer. It's no. because there is a deflated balloon on the ground that and I brought home and Lorelai is having the time of her life with it. She she literally like rolled up in the, the, the ribbon and it started chasing after her because she was running away from it. It was so cute. Uh, no, I think, I mean, if you think I about really... what the Twilight Zone show was, it was an anthology of different stories. They never had reoccurring characters, or if they did, it was very few and far between. It was all about these short stories. And instead of trying to say, we have stories that we feel would be good, they said we're going to revisit them and update them into the the modern era. And truth be told, I think they did a great job with it. Even if you do that, though, there's no framing device. 
There are other movies that take this yeah. example, but there is usually a framing device to suggest, okay, so we're going to start you here. Like, the framing device that they yeah. present has nothing to well, do with that's, anything. That's, the, that's, that's Twilight Zone. Like, what you're saying with, yeah, there are plenty of anthology movies that have a framing device. No, uh, like, I love the movie VHS, and it tolerates its sequel, and then really despise the third sequel, but or the second sequel, v, uh, VHS Viral. But, uh, the, yeah, it has a framing device, but Twilight Zone, the framing device is the narration. That's it. You know, maybe it's my lack of familiarity with the show the way it is, because to me, there's something about a movie. A movie has a three-act structure where a TV show doesn't have to. And I wonder if this really was the best way to do it, or was it... Was it there just isn't a single story that could fill an hour and a half? Well, I will let you know that they did plan on having uh, it be intertwined, where you would see a character from another uh, short in the background or, like, pass by, or, you know, or uh, you'd see, you know, other things happen. And you do see that happen once. Yeah, you showed me that when it happened, and that yeah, was and that's, cool. But, but it still doesn't, to me, I don't know if today's, you know, it does a remarkable job of not being dated. It doesn't feel like 80s ever. Uh, it, it, I get the sense of 80s-ness, but not, at, at the same time, it's not, it doesn't feel, it. it's not timeless, but it's not dated. Yeah. It, they do a good job at that. Yeah. And, and there's something, again, about the original show, too, that by making it black and white, you tend to sap away the datedness that could have happened if it was a color show. There are, but again, when it's dated, it feels like intentionally dated, like 50s dated, or like it could only happen in this point in history, and that is why it feels dated. Yeah, like there's one, and there, um, uh, as I was looking through for the original shorts, like uh, all the series or the uh, episode synopsis, synopsi, synopsis people, uh, always pop up, and I'm like, and there's a couple of them like a, a guy is forced to do this and it and it has a weird effect and it's like that's because it, people literally didn't know what would happen if a person was alone for years on end or if uh um if a guy went up to this far in space or because it it was such an unknown that science fiction you know nowadays is you know common knowledge so it's an interesting look back you know almost a time capsule but you can almost say that for the movie itself too and i think that i i think the idea is really cool <laughs> and i would love to see it happen again uh maybe in the next few years because you know it had it was about 20 to 30 years after the show aired that they did the movie. Right. Um, and then about, it's been about 20 or 30 years since then. So I would love to, actually I think it's been 30, I think it's the 30th anniversary of this movie. That'd be interesting. Did we, did we, did we just do this right? <laughs> do, did we just do this right? I'm, I'm, I'm actually really, well look it up and uh, see. Interested. Cause I think we did. For me, I wonder, there is something so unbearably good about the tension of the framing device 
the beginning and the end of the movie is um is two guys in a car driving down the middle of a desert road in the dark. The Dan Aykroyd and uh, Albert Brooks that we mentioned. And in the opening, knowing that it's a Twilight Zone movie, the tension is off the charts. There's no score. There's no music. It's just them talking in a car. And I can't help but wonder, like, make it like a drive movie where it's an hour and a half of just these two characters in a car and, you know, subtly things are starting to happen outside the car and you feel, you know, uneasy and the, and there's no music and it keeps going and you wonder, is there something outside the car? Are they running from something? Are aliens going to show up? What is it? And then in the end, it turns out to be the passenger in the car all along just turns into a monster and eats the other guy. Like, that would be a crazy cool hour and a half long movie. Yeah, but then it would that like it would only it would be one of those movies that you can only watch once because then all the tension is boiled away. I'm not so certain about that. There are movies that hold up their tension even when you know that it's coming. Uh, sometimes, but Jurassic Park thing, has the tension for me still. Yes, that's because it was framed better than uh, or differently than that. So, but you could even work that framing device even in better because you have these two guys who don't know each other. You get the sense well, that one okay, is a hitchhiker. So first off, so first off, this is spoiler alert. Um, this this short is only a few minutes long, um, and it's it, it. I guess it gives you an intro to being. In the Twilight Zone. In the Twilight Zone. So, it's not a... It's not based on anything originally. It's actually a really interesting story, but it doesn't... That part wouldn't work nowadays because everyone knows everything about everyone pretty much, so... Well, it's funny because it's not like a story around the campfire, but you could definitely have framed the device where it was, hey, I'm going to... you Let's try and scare each other with spooky stories. Because um, they're playing a game, they're like, okay, let's tell stories, and they would tell the stories no, no, that they came across in the shorts. Uh, no, actually, it was, uh, or, oh, okay. Yeah. So, th- yeah, it's a bit of a cop-out, but if done, cr- I, I, how about this? I could see it both being a cop-out and being something really good. If it just would how it how it would be done correctly, yeah, so you just can't do any um no blurry dissolves like car window or in the star rain. wipes. Yeah, you, you gotta you gotta do it very nicely and gently with those transitions. But I feel like you could keep the tension building forever with these two, and then at the end, he's a monster and eats the guy. Like how? Yeah. Just so it the the short ends like because they're they're talking about uh they do theme songs and they end up doing um. They do Twilight Zone or Outer Limits. They reference Twilight Zone in the Twilight Zone movie, and that's so meta. Yeah, that's really cool. And so they, uh, but then they're like, "Oh man, I love, I love the Zone. Um, I remember the episode of blah 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 blah." He's like, "No, that's Outer Limits. No, it's this Twilight Zone. Oh, well, what about this episode? Oh yeah, I love that episode and all this." And he's like, "Yeah, man, it used to creep me out." And then Albert Brooks, who's the driver, he's like. Oh man, I, I used to do this with chicks all the time. Like, oh no, the lights went out, and it's like, and he like turns off the light. Oh no, and like, he's like, oh, and, and then the he's like, and the pastor's getting more and more agitated by that because he's worried that this one's gonna happen on, on the road. And the driver's like, no, no, no one's out here. It's dark. It's the middle of the night. No one's gonna hit yeah. us. Yeah, there's there's nothing around. It was a straight shot. As I'm saying, all this tension is being well, built. Yeah, and then and then he's like, well, you want to see something really scary? 
He's like, yeah, sure. And he's like, all right, but, but you got to pull over. He's like, well, come on, man, just show me. He's like, no, 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 you got to pull over. You got to pull over. He's like, okay, fine. So he pulls over, and he's like, what are you going to show me? And Dan Aykroyd, who's the passenger, is like, kind of like looks away and like at the window, and he's like, come on, what are you doing? And he's like, what's going on? And then he turns around, and he's got like monster makeup on, and he's a monster, and he and he eats the guy. So it's it's a interesting way to build up what you're about to watch. It's a bit of Pee Wee's Big Adventure right there. Where the truck driver turns towards Oh, yeah, the him. large march. Look, just like this. Woo! <laughs> so, but, yeah, it, it's a it's an interesting... And I could see that working as a framing device, but you can't do it well, now, though, because everyone would be expecting I it. I wouldn't say it had to be a framing device if it didn't show up at the end of the movie again. If it was just the intro, and you never saw those two characters again, and it's like, ah, you're in the Twilight Zone. Okay. Cool. Well, because they intentionally choose to weave it into the narrative of the final short, it's it is begging because, but me. They, but they—that's the thing—is they tried to they they had the idea of intertwining all of the shorts. They actually thought about doing it, but they didn't do it. Well, that's why it they, bugs except me. You for can tell. the end, you can tell in the building of that that they did intend to, and then didn't. It's an unfulfilled vision. Yeah, I mean, it would have been interesting to see that, but it doesn't. I don't feel like it makes the movie any less worthwhile or any uh, any less strong. All right, well, let's get into the meat of it, the the shorts and their retelling. Yeah, so we, we've already mentioned this uh, slightly. The first short is uh, Out of Time with the, the Vic Morrow where the tragedy happened. Now, this one isn't necessarily based on a... Uh, Original episode. Yeah. They, apparently, it's, like, inspired by two different episodes because um, there's one... I guess there's, yeah, there's like, there, there's like one that's, it's called like, it's a nice place to live or something like that. And it's where this guy who it's gets adapted, a, it's very, it's much the same. They do a few changes to make it less bittersweet, more sweet, sweet. Um, but I, you know, for me, out of time, uh, it deals with hatred and prejudice with a man who feels like, People are stealing his jobs and minorities living in his neighborhood. And I'm watching this and I'm saying, was this made one year ago? Because, oh, my freaking God. Yeah, this is supposed to be like, and like, every, like it's this guy. He's like, yeah, he, he was up for a job, uh, a promotion or something like that. And another guy got the job. And like, even like his, because he's sitting there bitching about it to his friends. Even this friend go like, well, hasn't he been longer there? Then they're longer. Yeah, but I deserve it. This, this short, okay, so it continues on that he exits the bar and he begins jumping through time to times of great strife in history where minorities or people of different color or faith were persecuted and he has always played as the victim. This short is in most need of a longer runtime. Everything else is compact, tight, it fits well, it's good. This one, though, it's it plays too much like Schindler's List on speed to not need more time to really understand. He needs to come around. Like we need to see his slow transformation as opposed to just 
exposing him to horrors and sending him to Auschwitz. Like, we got to do more with this setup. Yeah, because he goes from being, um, like, being a Jewish uh, runaway from the Nazis to uh, being in... Uh, a black person in the yeah. KKK has found him. He never changes his appearance. They don't do blackface or anything. He is just him, yeah. and everyone around him views him as the minority, even when he's not. Um, and then he's actually in Vietnam, uh, and he's actually like uh, there's American soldiers who, um, uh, who like gun him down because yeah, he try to shoot, they shoot at him and uh, uh, throw a uh, grenade at him. So. Uh, apparently the short initially or like what they were shooting was that he was going to actually redeem himself and save two Vietnamese children. Um, yeah, he was actually like, he finds them and he's like, no one should have to die. And he, like, he saves them from something and, and the lack of redemption though makes it more twilight zony yeah and especially having watched the original like some of the original ones and having seen a bunch of original episodes yeah i agree like i think the other one would have been a little too hollywood-esque but yeah i can i can i see what you're talking about with that um it's not it's not it really is not bad it's it's an interesting concept for it um apparently there was going to be another one where a bully uh, gets his comeuppance at Halloween where these, I, I think some of his victims become costumes or like Halloween itself gives so them a comeuppance. Eh, kind of, <laughs> but they, uh, it, it's, uh, it, it's a good concept for a movie. I, I don't know if it's the best one of the four. Because there's four segments beyond the opening segment. Uh, my personal favorite is actually the one right after that. Or, no, the third one. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked Out of Time. I liked it for an original concept. I just wish that they, that this move, that that was a movie. Like, it does, it does its job well, but they need to... The guy is presented as an unrepentant asshole in every but would sense it be of the culture world. Appropri- would it be appropriations then if a white guy is just a bigot that's like, oh, they, these damn blacks are in my neighborhood and I lost my well, promotion to a Jew why, and all that. Like, that's what? why there can't be a redemptive arc. Like, he has to learn it all and at the same time perish. It's not a, it, yeah, I know what you mean. It's not a white man saves indigenous people story. It can't be a narrative where I've learned it over my ways. This is, this is no Christmas Carol. This ooh, is. Oh, what if instead of, um, like he perishes, like he, like, he goes through like one timeline. No, and he keeps ends. dying. No, that's what I'm saying is like, what if, what if instead he, he goes to one timeline and he, like, he dies, but he thinks he somehow survives, and he goes into another timeline. So, like, he's in the, the he, so in the f- first part of the segment, he, he is in a uh, Nazi, um, uh, adult, uh, what's the? Germany. No, 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 uh, when, in, invaded, uh, occupied, uh, Nazi invaded, ocu- or Nazi occupied France, um, and they they identify him as some uh, someone of interest or like a, or a Jewish person or something like that, like it. So, but in but he he it's like he's on a, a ledge and they like they like shoot around him and he falls off. He falls into the arms of the KKK members. 
well, what if he, when he does that, he gets shot and then he falls down and then he wakes, but he wakes up in, you know, in the South and he's running away and they get him and they, he actually gets hung. And then as he gets hung, he, he like, he passes out and he wakes up in Vietnam and like, he has to go through each one he goes through. And then like, he does like, four or five of them in the end of the movie is him getting right back into this, into the flow where he's back in the, the uh, Nazi occupied France. Yeah. What I'm saying where it's is like, like, he's literally, he's literally in, in, in the hell. Yeah. No, he's in a hell of his own making. I think they do that. I mean, even more like edge of tomorrow that like, that's no, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. I think we're, I think we're thinking the same thing actually. Um, but yeah, I think that would be an interesting idea. I, I like it for a 20 minute short. Could they expand upon it? Yes. But I think you would humanize him too much if you did that. No, like that's the thing you have to like right now at the beginning of this and at the end, even at the end, he's only been going through this for 20 minutes. They play it off as real time. So he's only been going through this, this hell for 20 minutes and then they send him on the train to Auschwitz and if you had longer time, you could humanize him because he's still a cardboard cutout who just wants to escape. He doesn't see the plight of the people that are being persecuted. He just knows he's being persecuted and he doesn't want that to happen anymore. And he wants yeah. his friends to save him. So and you need to humanize him completely and then still give him no salvation. But don't but don't quantum leap it where he looks like the person he is. Like don't no, or, no. or like don't show him looking in a mirror where he and he sees a black they person. Don't. They don't do that and I'm really like, appreciative don't, of that. Don't quantum leap it. You know, like keep him who he is, but they Oh maybe do it, make a universe where he is the persecuted guy. Instead of jumping into those who has been, he hates, who have been persecuted, what if he was, what if uh, a white male is in this universe where that is just the persecuted class at this point? Like, he becomes like, oh, you believe in Christianity, you you are the reason that Christ died. Like, like they, they flip it back on him, you know, and like how Judaism, like they, they have an Auschwitz, but for our, you as we discuss uh, Christians this, or something like that. As we discuss this, I come to the realization this could not be made today. It's too political now. And that's the thing is, it, it, it people would feel it's politically charged, but it could be and it can't be at the same time, or it that's could be thing. but it wouldn't be at the same time. I mean, that's like it's like Wolfenstein: The New Order. Wolfenstein has always been about no mowing down Nazis, yeah. and all of a sudden this year it becomes something against Donald Trump, and I have to wonder, guys, why in the world would you associate an attack on Nazis with an attack on your party leader? Or- or like uh, the uh, Americans, uh, there's a, a new Far Cry coming out, Far Cry Five, and they're they're talking about how cults it's, it's going to be a cult, a cultist thing in the Deep South, Militia and everyone's cults. like, and everyone's like, oh, you can't do that, you can't do that. like they were doing this, sh- like they're doing. It's okay if it's in a different land, but put it Not in America. Here. Whoa! Don't you dare so talk about the problems of America. I get that. I think everything has become politically charged today. And I was just remarking to myself how much more political I've become. And it's not because I like politics. And it's not because I enjoy talking about it or arguing about it on the internet. It's the world we live in. It has become impossible to not. And I think that's why I'm glad we do this. It's nice to, you know, sometimes we can make comparisons like we just did. But it's nice to watch media and be able to discuss it. And and kind of just put a, a little 
not a blanket moratorium, but just talk about the subject at hand and not go too far of the deep end with uh, our own uh, particular leanings. Yeah. So let's move on to uh, the the next one. The the next kick uh, the can kick the can kick the can uh, kick the can is based on a short of the same name uh, and it is about a nursing home with residents uh, who are very much just waiting for death they're they're there they're breathing and eating but they're not doing much else um, the original short from the show uh, handles the story just a bit different. Um, it's a little bit more, uh, of a, um, uh, not a psychology, but, uh, uh, a view, like, I'm, I'm trying to think state of, more. of mind, a state of mind, um, original, outlook on like, or something like that. Yeah, in the original there, um, the man has, he finds one of the kids can't, which by the way, this finally taught me how the world kick the can is played. I had no idea. I didn't know either. There was this, uh, there was a show. Uh, in the 90s called Cow and Chicken. And I watched that show, and in one episode, there's these, they, uh, one of the characters goes and plays a video game. And it's like, do you want to play this or that? And he's like, both of these games are stupid. It's like, kick the can or like hopscotch or something like that. And he goes and he plays hopscotch, but he like makes one wrong move and like he falls through and burns and burns down. But like, and then like kick the can, if you, He's like, and it's just like, kick the can. He's like, why would I kick the, kick the can? Why? What is it going to do? Kick the can. So he kicks the can and the can goes like, he, he it's like, he, it says what direction he kicks it to the left and it becomes a steamroller and it rolls him over. He kicks it to the right and it explodes in his face. Uh, yeah, I was always like, how, how were our ancestors just kicking a can down the street? And then I realized, oh no, it's a hide and seek game with kick the can incorporate like, that the can is part of that game. I'm like, okay, yeah. now I get it. It's it's yeah, it's basically hide and seek. But while you're hide, instead of just hiding, if you are brave enough to venture out, if you kick the can, the person's it again. Yeah, which is cool. That's a fun way to play it. Um, so we learned what that means. No, so in the original, one of the people who lives at the home finds a can that the kids outside are playing with, and he says, "If we, the reason why we're old." The reason why we are dying is because we stopped playing games. The minute we stopped playing games like Kick the Can was the minute we started getting old. And if we could just keep playing these games and have a youthful mind, we could become young again. And as it turns out, that is what happens, except for the one guy who didn't believe, who was like, I, you know, I've been hurt too much. You had a long and happy life. Why would you want to relive that? Don't go soft on me. And when he goes out, he sees all of his friends turn into children all running away to play kick the can and they leave him behind. And it's just very sad and somber. The remake, I enjoyed the change that they make, I think. Less bittersweet, more um, Steven Spielberg-y, I yeah. would say. Is this the Steven Spielberg yeah, that's one? Yes, Steven Spielberg Yes, it one. is. I yeah. could tell. Yeah, it's actually... All those, all those spotlights, all those light glows. Yeah, that weird ethereal glow. Like the... Yeah. Like just everywhere. The mystical black gone. man who goes from nursing home to nursing home, liberating the people there. I do like that. It's fun, and I like the kids that they turn into. They're really oh fun and enjoyable. Oh my goodness, they're so they're adorable. Uh, one of the ki- one of the characters is like an older Jewish lady. She has a real top, nasally low voice, 
and uh, the the actress who plays the older one is uh, the same actress who plays the uh, bailiff and on Night Court. But it's oh yeah, uh, that this St- office is Stella. now closed. Is she also from Monsters Inc.? No, no. Monsters Inc. is well after her time, sweetie. I know. She died during the making of Night Court. <gasps> I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, that's why they brought in another person to be another Aww. bailiff. Yeah. Uh, they have very similar voices, is why I said that. Uh, yeah, they, I wouldn't see. I wouldn't. I wouldn't put it past the Pixar people that that was an inspiration for the voice. No nonsense. Yeah, no nonsense. Low nasal or nasally and gravelly at the same time. But it was so funny because, uh, like, the original actress, ha- that's her voice. The actress, this little girl actress that they got to play the younger version, she's like, oh, my God, I'm fa- or I'm eight again. You know what it sounded like? It sounded like they were dubbing over her, but it never looked like it. No, and that's that was the great part. They he, I, I honestly felt like it was the actress so if it was dubbed over it didn't feel it didn't feel like it uh but yeah so instead of um the episode ending like with him liberating himself and the other uh some of the other people from their age shackles and leaving his friend behind uh which the kid never recognized him so there's still a little air of mystery that it may not have been well that's the twilight zoney part of it it's like when he goes out, the kids just look at him and go off to play. They never acknowledge that they are his friends turned old. They never say that, why didn't you come? They just look at him like like they have forgotten who he is, like in a child way. There is a way that the Twilight Zone, the show, depicts and treats children that is very different from the way it depicts and treats them in the movie. Well, and I, I think it's also speak upon that. I think it's uh, I think it's also because of the filmmakers, you know, the difference in years of filmmakers and and stuff like that. So, um we'll, we'll come back to that though. Um but in the the movie short, instead of like the people doing it that's the end, it's more about revisiting youth. It's more about you you have you now have an opportunity to re- to be young again. Yeah, this resident, this uh, traveling resident. We don't know he's traveling. He's the newest resident at this Sunny Acre farm. Uh, not farm. Sorry, I think of that uh, at this retirement home. And he brings out his can, and he's like, "You guys, what do you like to do most? Did you like to dance?" And he's like, "You know." rabble rousing in the way that only yeah. old people can. And did all- you, didn't you guys like to? kick the can or and the orderlies are just trying to tell them like stop it and uh, you're gonna get their heart rate ups or something Yeah, like all these terrible things like old people are not like that and of course there's like that stereotypical like crotchety old man who and god that was so heartbreaking um uh, you know because my own grandparents like uh, my grandmother thought she at one point she was going to get put into a home and like oh yeah both of these open up with uh, one of the residents going out to meet his son who said he's going to pick him up today and he's going like, to go home to see the family today and go spend some time with them yeah and, like maybe like spend a couple weeks there or something like that and both times it's heartbreaking oh god it really is that like, is so no sad. i wasn't going to i wasn't i was just coming we to see talk, you pop we were going to talk about it no, not today. Maybe next week. Just the like, saddest way treating, to treat your parents. Treating your parents as children, like not even like like adult children or you know even teenagers, like young. Like no, Susie, you can't have that. Like this oh person raised you. Stop it right now. God, that's so terrible. 
but like you know I, and i'm not saying no one should be put into a home there's there's a lot, there's medical conditions there's situations that my when nana, it cannot be avoided yeah my nana is coming down from connecticut finally she's lived in connecticut all her life but it's hopefully so you don't want to see it no no my mom reserved her space the other day <gasps> really yeah. when it, so do we have a date then uh not yet but there her space is she's there. so for for us my nana has a ton of medical problems but she's pretty much all by herself of Connecticut because everyone of the family has moved down here to Tennessee to live with us. Like, like, like near us, we can all be together. And she's kind of the last holdout. Uh, and so she'll be coming down, but she won't be living with my folks. She'll be living in a home. But honestly, we don't get to see her but once or twice a year because of the distance. I cannot wait for her to be here. And I know that my mother, you know, my mother has four children in various stages of schooling. She has nowhere, anytime to also take care of her mother she needs like medical well, professionals and, for that and the thing is too it's not because she's like a little sick your grandmother is like has to have an oxygen tank 24 7 she has situations when you know she can't move i mean she's my grandmother been sick all her life and she is going to outlive us all i hope you realize she, i i remember when liz and i first started dating back in 2006 you know ages and ages ago uh, that they like your you you said like your grand you were afraid your grandmother wasn't gonna stay alive for your graduation, and then she thought she wasn't gonna make it for your sister's graduation, or to see either of you guys get married or have or, babies or have great grandchildren or like uh, actually uh, make our our nephew is her second great grandchild. And she actually now has a third great grandchild. I feel like we're so. bribing her with uh, life stones. Like, like, stay alive, stay alive. If Here's another stay, baby. If you stay Here's alive, we'll give you more children. <laughs> your 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 grandson's gonna graduate high school next year. You can't <laughs> leave now. Yeah. It's too- you have three great grandchildren. I'm pretty sure my mother adopted just to make that happen. <laughs> But there's, you know, there's a lot of, uh, so there's a lot of situations like that. And I, I never am like, oh my God, you put your grandparent in a home. How dare you? I can't always understand a situation. I'll never fully understand everyone's situations. However, there's a difference between necessity and laziness. And both times it felt like these were like laziness. These people easily could have been living on their own. Yeah, they never, that is true. And both of them, they never showed them as like truly infirm or like like maybe they have a little bit of mental issues or something like that you know but none of them are confined to beds or wheelchairs or even canes or walkers one the oldest one who when he reverts to a child is a teenage child which is really fun because they all ask it's like oh i want to be a kid again i want to be able to play and go and have energy and like what the like the only weird one is like i want to be just on the verge of puberty again. Yeah. And it, it's so funny. And he turns, he's like 12, 13 He's age. like a Peter Pan-esque figure at that point. <laughs> yeah, he really is. And and he has fun with all the kids. And that's a, it's a great dynamic they choose to have where it's this huge range of children and how and how the older boy will interact with the, like, the really like, you know, six or seven year old girls. And they're like, stop chasing us. And it's a lot of beautiful fun. Um, My, my, I, I love the visual style because it, the, the thing is, is the original one, it was more about a mindset and breaking through this, this barrier that we've built for ourselves. And it's an interesting concept. Did they do it the best? In my opinion, no. It could have been done better, but it, it wasn't bad. How about that? Um, 
but I loved how the remake, the visuals, the air of the whole thing. It's Steven Spielberg. It's so it's like as soon you see a frame from it, and you're like, oh, that's got to be directed by Steven Spielberg. Because look at all this lighting, look at these angles, look at this cinematography, look at this, look at that, look at the he how has, the characters interact. He has a directorial voice, which is really wonderful, and not in your face like Shyamalan or somebody. Shyamalan ding dong. I you know for all of the, uh, I think I will agree. I like the new one be uh, better than the original on this one because even though it has the trope of the of the mystical wise black man <laughs> even with that at the end it shows him traveling to another home to help the people there but the wonderful thing that he does is he never says they get to stay like that forever it's don't you want to and when they do become that and he's like aren't you happy and you can dance he, again and they say you know what no i mean like i i had a good life I lived my life. And then they ask him, why have you, why don't you join us? And he says, I've, I've chosen to accept my life as it has come. I, I only keep the mindset of youth now, as opposed to actually being young. I've learned to keep it that way. Which is the, which was the kind of the, the philosophy of the, um, the first uh the original short too is like maybe we we get old because we choose to get old you know maybe if we chose not to get old then we wouldn't be you know that kind of we're only you're only as old as you feel age is just a number type type mentality there's a better sense of choice in the remake whereas the original it feels like magic that also takes away their minds because they don't recognize their friends yeah that was i I didn't like that but um one of my issues with the the remake is that the the reasons that they choose to become old again instead of saying young is uh like, like, can you imagine watching our parents die again and having to do this? And like, oh yeah, they kept forgetting that they hadn't traveled back in time. Yeah, they're not back in time. They're literally younger versions of themselves. Although now, although we never see them outside of the home, so it could be posited. But, but I don't know no, how. But no, because because what happens is five people get turned young. Uh, two girls and three guys, or two two women, two uh, and two men, or three men, um, and one of them ends up staying young. Yes. Yeah. He 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 ends up staying young and ending in the same vein. Um, with the guy who ends up getting turned down by his children, uh, to come home with them, he, oh, what? How did I not make that connection before? Okay, so in, no, no, the one who stays young is not the one who's no, but I know, no, 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 I don't. It's in the original, the person who asks to come home is the one that turns young. Yes, he 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 doesn't he believes feel wanted. the magic. He's like, yeah. if I just keep this can, if I return to being young, yeah, he keeps his optimism. Yeah, and, and he oh, oh, by the way, he this guy this guy stole a can from the kids who were playing with it. Like, hey, Mister, that's our can. He just hey, takes hey, it. Hey, Mister, Mister, that's our 
Mister! And that's true. In the remake, it's the man who gets turned, by, turned down by his children to come home with them. He is the crotchety one who does not believe in the magic. Yeah, and he's like, ah, oh, kids shouldn't be playing with you. All people need to rest. And, like, you know, he's, he's very... He accepts his age. Yeah, he, he's, like, he welcomes it like, to a worrying extent. But he... A big thing was is that he was the one that got turned down by his children. It's like, oh, we'll, um, we'll see you next week, Pop. And, uh, and they, they walk away. He, okay, so the, the prepubescent guy, um, stays young. Right. And actually, like, goes out the window and, like, as he's about to leave, the guy's, take me with you, please. And he's, and, like, you could tell they had been friends. He's like, I'm afraid you can't come where I'm going. And he's like, and, and I just realized how fucking heartbreaking that is because he's the same one that has to go with his children he keeps asking to go and they're he's not allowed to oh my god i just got that i've watched the movie uh two or three times and oh god literally just literally as we're talking it pops so um i'm sorry that that just that uh so it, it it's a very very visually beautiful film a uh, kind of bittersweet overall um the acting in it is actually probably some of the best throughout the whole uh the whole thing so uh so that one was pretty good uh that's probably the nicest ending one of the remakes yeah i think so but i think there's a case for the next one the the next one the ending is the ending is nice, but at the same time, it's it's not. Nice. It's, not. it's almost uh, sinister. So, uh, okay, the next one, the title, do you remember it? Because I'm trying to remember. The next one deals with uh, a woman who's driving uh, to a new life. It's purported. She has her potted plants in her car. All of her boxes are packed in the trunk, and she's heading to a new life. And she stops at a diner. Where uh, some people at a at a bar are picking on a kid who's playing a video game. Um, well, kinda, they they, they yeah. yell at him for making the TV wrong, which of course it isn't his fault that he's playing a video it's something game. To do, it's something to do with the electronics, and I'm sure it's the the. He smacks the pinball case and the TV. No, it's wait, a, it's ar- it's a it's sorry a the arcade cabinet and the TV flickers, and they're like he's messing up with it. So she decides to head on out. And on her way out, she accidentally backs into him on his bike. And he's not hurt, but she's like, let me take you home. And they get home, and there's this weird sort of vibe going on. And it turns out that this child is, like, supremely gifted in a magical sense. Anything they want to happen, happens. But the thing is, is in what this, this segment does very well is it builds it up. Like... Mm-hmm you get an uneasy feeling throughout the entire time. Like until, until you get out of the car and walk into the house, it feels 100% normal. Yes. Yeah. It's just this woman is like, Oh my God, I, I almost ran over you. I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, Oh my goodness. It, it was so close to being perfect in these senses. Some of the, in some of the stuff that it did. 
Um, I really liked how uh, they... Uh... You know, I think... Um, oh, sorry. Uh, I was just going to say that that's the remake. The original starts off with them describing a town in America that uh, year, a couple years ago, um, a monster took over that town. And since then, there's been nothing in or out. Uh, it's pretty much just disappeared off the face of the earth. And if you find yourself in that town, you know you're in the Twilight Zone because nothing has changed. And it comes to follow that they're, uh, what they're talking about, the monster, is this small boy who, again, has the power to make anything he wants to happen, happen. And this is where they differ so greatly, I think, in how Twilight Zone treated its children, original series, versus the movie. In the, mo in the movie, children are um, redeemable. They have good qualities. You empathize with them. Whether it's kick the can or it's this short, you feel like, even if they've done terrible things, like this one, the boy in the short that we're talking about now, he does terrible things. But in the end, he is redeemed. And throughout it all, he's not such a totally heartless monster. The problem is that in the original Twilight show, the episodes that we watched, the children all are heartless. They have no empathy. Even in Kick the Can, they don't recognize their friend. They just walk away. Um, in, the, in, the, in this short, the boy who could make anything happen... Because they make him a younger age, he, he feels younger than the remake. And he does whatever he wants. And the, enti the entire point of it is how terrifying it is that a child without empathy is given this much power to do whatever he wants. And he doesn't understand consequence and he doesn't understand what his actions do to others and how he can hurt people. Because children lack empathy until they learn it by growing up and learning that they can affect those around them and that others can feel the way they can feel. There's a time when you're young that you don't realize that. So it's terrifying in a way that the new update is more sympathetic. While the visuals are scarier uh, in Absolutely. The, the updated one, it's, it's terrifying. They have these really great effects and the tension builds. They do this great trick that you pointed out that when the boy isn't in the room, the lights are off. But they do it in a way that implies that room does not exist until the boy enters and he imagines up what it's going to be. Yeah, so in the in the original short, it it's like it it outright says what this kid is. This kid it has some sort of mental power similar to uh Scarlet Witch uh in the comics that she can basically wish for anything. I wish for this cat to be blue. And that cat is blue. It just is. Right. Um, or I wish that it's not illusion. It's, it's literally it's changing rea reality. Yeah. It's a reality bending power. So she's a reality bender. <laughs> uh, in the movies, they kind of do it where she's psychic, but yeah, they don't do it as well. But the, uh, the, the comics, that's her power. So this is, it's very similar to that. Um, in the, sh in the show, everyone is afraid of him. Everyone wants to make him happy. Everyone wants him to be okay. Yeah. But the thing is, is what they play on is that he's a child and they're playing on the impending doom that's coming. Because basically, the world is outside of this town has stopped existing. 
and there's to them. A, yeah. to them. Now, whether they don't know if their talent has been transported somewhere, is picked up and moved, or if it's been things that are there. The boy, or, things that the boy doesn't care about, continue to exist. Like the grocery store still has groceries, but there's only four bottles of liquor left in the entire county because what would he care about alcohol? Uh, yeah, and it, no it, new music, no new television. Only what he wants to see on the on the broadcast is what they see. Um, like he's gonna make television tonight, and I'm sure it's the same thing they've seen every you know the last. They make the same meals because he only likes the same because he's a kid. I want tomato soup, and that is it. Um, and he, you see him in the original short, uh, just making um, different animals that he wants. Like oh, there's a three-headed possum, be dead possum, and he, like. So that they play on the terrifying nature of a child without empathy in this one because they, in this short, that kid is pure evil in the way that a child is because they don't understand. It reminds me of the uh, the the bit from uh, Donald Glover. uh, Tiny little Hitlers. Tiny little Hitlers. Yeah. It really is like that. And when he's tired of people, he doesn't like them anymore. He sends them to the cornfield, which we presume to be death because no one ever sees something that gets sent to the cornfield ever again. Yep. He sends dogs there that are barking because the dogs know he's bad. So he sends dogs out there. He turns people into abominations because they are interrupting his music. He makes it snow, even though it'll kill the crops. He and does. He, wanted, he was like, I want it to snow. And, and, and then it's going to kill all the crops and everyone. And I'm sure these people had other jobs, but now they have to become farmers and just to sustain life because they know if they upset him with, you know, like, hey, can you wish for it to be, you know, where we have food? You know, he that, that's not one of his concerns because his parents are always ones that take care of the food and everything like that. So yeah, if something upsets him, it's it's a bad thing. That's the bad thing. The person who is mean to someone me. Someone doesn't or- like me. I, I just want everyone to like me. And instead of trying to make everyone like him, He's like, I'll just wish them away and do the easier thing. Yeah. In the remake, they do a wonderful job by throwing in an outsider. It is implied that he got rid of his parents, he muted his sister and confined her to a wheelchair, and the people who are living in his house are just people that have come. Every once in a while, he brings another person in to be his family and take care of him. Another trophy or another... Another play thing. Yeah. So uh, so they do this wonderful job of building up, but then they give us an outsider who definitely feels like she used to be a school teacher or something at some point because yeah, I think she she's, I think she is a teacher or something like that. She does yeah. it really well because she is the only person to truly stand up. He knows that the people who are in his house don't like him, even though he tries really hard. He gives them really good. You know, he gives them candy and cake. He makes really cool TV for them to watch. But he knows that they don't like him, and they all fear and hate him so hard because of that. And he does like terrify and hurt these people. But it was a one. I know at one point they had a, uh, um, uh, there's the uh, what you're saying like with how she stands up to him. Uh, at one point, like they're about to eat dinner, and uh, the. uh, it's like a a hamburger with like peanut butter and like jelly beans or something like that. You know, a typical concoction that a kid would make. And he's like, and she goes, well, I mean, this, I mean, every once in a while, that's okay, but you can't have this every night. Children need their vegetables. They need to be able to. And when he hears that, you can see that he is slowly learning empathy. Cause he's like, 
oh, you don't you don't like that. Oh, I'm, I thought you'd like that. You're right. I do need better food than. And then this. she like she explained. I love how she's like she explains off. It's your birthday. That's right. So they thought like they thought the jig was up right then and there. Yeah. Like, they thought she was like it's done and over with right there. So, uh, but what happens is because he's a kid and he makes his house for himself and these people that he's basically controlling. Uh, it it's a at cartoon house. He loves cartoons. Um, and as a cartoon fan myself, it like, I was like, Oh, I love this house. I would love to live there. And then as I kept watching, like, Oh, when I first watched the movie, I thought the parents were like stupid. Like I thought he'd like dumbed them down. I didn't realize until I watched it again that they're not stupid. They literally don't know if they walk into the other room, what's going to be there. Yeah. Is is, is the kitchen going to be in there? Where where are we where, going? Um, Anthony, where's dinner? Like, wh- where is dinner actually located? Like, so I can go get it. I don't know where it is. I don't know where you put these things. Yeah, like, we're in the oven, like it always is, Mom. Okay. And All right, to the oven. Yeah. yeah. And in the end, he, uh, the effects in the remake are really good. Like, really, really good. Terrifyingly um, the good. The same guy who did this... Uh, um, Joe... Did you do stuff on Roger Rabbit because it feels like it? I, maybe. Uh, Joe Dante is his name. Oh, yeah. He's the one that... But more specifically, you know, Looney Tunes back in action. Yeah. Uh, but it's, So it's kind of interesting that he's the... Uh, well, they use like a Tasmanian devil sort of sound effect for the thing that comes out of the television. Yeah, and absolutely. She, so in the end, what happens is he wishes all of the people who were just saying yes to him away... Because she was, you know, she was terrified, but she was bold enough to be like, send it away. She She's new enough that she's able to get, and she's not afraid, uh, you know, she's afraid, but she's like, but I, I have to stop this. Someone has to stand up to him and tell him it's not okay. And at the end, um, she's like, all right, we're 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 going to we're gonna help you. I'm going to help you. I'm going to teach you. We're going to help you control this gift. You can't do it all the time anymore, but I promise that I'll tell it to you straight and that I will care for you and I will not leave you. I loved that ending. I loved that she she doesn't take control of him, but she becomes his teacher. It's a very sinister, like, uh, like, very, like I feel like she knows that to help him and to help herself basically survive now, this is what she has to do. She has to, she has to control him and not, not like where she's manipulating him, but she has to now become his, you know, quote unquote mother and has to be, okay, this is what we have to do now. Yeah. So in my mind, the remake does a good job because none of the people in his house are actually related to him. So uh, the message can be a little bit clearer on how I can stand up to him and I can stop and he can learn empathy. Whereas in the original, his parents are still alive. They know they gave birth to this thing, and his that's... mother, his mother, played by a very young Cloris Leachman. Yes, she's so adorable in it. And that's there's a whole Just subtext. Not, not acting or anything like that. No, there's a whole crazy subtext that's missing from the remake, where they gave birth to this thing, but instead of they growing and teaching it, it has to teach them because otherwise they will die. They yeah. have to say yes to their son. Like at the they end, have to give him anything he wants. And like what happens is the way that ends is like you're, you're like, oh my God. You basically, you got a window into this world 
that basically everyone is going to die off soon. Like, they're running out of supplies. It's, or it's, he's going to send them all off to the cornfield. Yeah. It, well, it, at some point, something's going to happen and everyone's going to be gone. Yeah. And it's it's scary. So it, I find the, yeah, I find the original child far more terrifying than the remake. Yeah. Uh, it's and again, more about, it has to do with how the Twilight Zone, the show treats its child characters as opposed to our 80s sensibilities. Yeah. Like the, um, the original, it was more about the impending doom that's now lingering over them. Like what's going to happen, how everyone is fucking terrified of this kid. And how he is basically going to kill them all in one way or another, either directly or indirectly. And um, the, uh, but the other one, he the in the remake, the he is terrifying because of just how he uses his power, how he does it as a cartoon. He thinks, oh, cartoons can get away with anything they want. You know, one person, you know, you can have drop a piano on someone's head, and it. Uh, uh, makes him uh, just roll away like a penny and then pop back up. Exactly, um, and you know, at one point, uh, his sister in the in the house is wished into the cartoon and she's killed. Yeah, she's eaten up by a cartoon character. Which, funnily enough, talking about actresses, uh, the woman who plays the sister is uh, Nancy Cartwright, who is the voice of Bart. Yeah, in uh, uh, The Simpsons. And they have parodied both uh, the last segment and this segment, where Bart is the main character both times. So huh. it's really funny. I've seen I've now I I've not seen the other one, but I've seen the parody of the next segment, and it's done actually really really well. So let's talk about it. Um, I want to finish off. This one is actually my favorite. The visuals, because Joe Dante, uh, who also directed Gremlins and Gremlins Two. Small Soldiers, Blue Jeans, Back in Action. He has a very cartoonish style. And in in this situation, it worked. It's like um, Joe, uh, uh, the guy who created Five Nights at Freddy's, the reason he created Five Nights at Freddy's is because he made a game um, and they said all the animal creatures look like scary animatronics. He's like, okay. And, and just steered into the curve. And he made... A hugely successful franchise, franchise now, that uh, is spawning multiple media platforms and is probably multi-millionaire now or something, or something along the lines. That and he is, uh, uh, excuse me, but he st- steered into the curve. I feel like Joe Dante kind of does the same thing, where he has a cartoonish style, he has a cartoonish mentality, and having this kid be like, oh hey. Cartoons are awesome. I'm going to base my whole kind of evilness on them. Mm-hmm. It worked really well. There's a lot of subtle things like uh, she's walking through the house and he's kind of showing her around. He She goes up into a hallway and walks down to the end of it and she literally turns, uh, turns again. And the shot is the exact same shot because they walk upstairs and then she comes towards the camera and then turns to, to our right, her left. And then the the shot again is close up on her, but it expands out, and you hear cartoon sound effects this entire time, and it expands out, and it's the exact same hallway. It's like a weird gray tone, but it's like because it's meant to be in the background, and it's okay if they recycle animation. Uh, and then like the whole thing with the light, um, there's like 
there's a random fish that's just in the middle of a bowl. It's not even swimming around. It's just sitting in the middle of the bowl because the mother picks it up at one point and it like jiggles around, but it doesn't really move. It's like attached to a pole or a, a line or something like that. It these there's there's so many little subtle touches with this with this one. Like um, at one point, they she leaves her coat and her bag. Uh, while she goes walking around and they wait until she gets upstairs they start going through stuff just so they have it's like just a, a touch of the outside world just so they can see it again kind of like how they have it with the original one how they're kind of separated these people are separated too so um but the they have a lot of like uh uh, effects going on there's uh with the the practical effects that like impractical monsters that are there that are insane looking like at one point uh the uncle pulls out a giant rat or pulls out a rabbit and it's just a little rabbit and then all of a sudden it turns this like monstrosity and it's like oh my god because any because he wanted to see if like what it would look like he's experimenting and it and that that can be extremely terrifying so that one is definitely my favorite segment because of just the subtle things. Like the Steven Spielberg one is really, really good. But this one is my favorite because it's just of how sinister it ends. But the final one is the one that everybody knows. Every single person is who, who you've not even seen this short. I did not watch the short until we watched it for this, but I knew the exact story. Um, it is the nightmare at 20,000 feet. Uh, the original stars William Shatner and the remake star stars John Lithgow. Mm -hmm. All right, before we get into it, all right, which one do you like better? I like the remake better. I think uh, the character is handled better, and it's actually not even. I think William Shatner's performance as the 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 writer. The sorry, not writer, writer. The the passenger is better than he did in Star Trek. His acting is really good there. He's very he. You see the subtle twitches. You see the the like you you feel the dread because at one point he pulls the 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 thing back and you see him. You see him making that decision. I shouldn't do it. I shouldn't do it. I shouldn't do it. I shouldn't do it. I have to. You 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 physically see it and you hear it in your head you know exactly what's going on the the pacing and the acting are done really well i still think john lithgow did a better job i don't like all of the visuals because a lot of times i felt like the camera was like like going up and back and forth and around and like oh my goodness it's there's way too much motion in it like i, I get like it's supposed to be on a um uh, uh on a uh, uh a stormy night or even shattered uh that and so that was really i i get the thought behind it but i don't agree with it i also don't agree with how they had the the original passenger had a a wife and this one he doesn't have a wife which is fine but there's this annoying ass little girl who contributes absolutely nothing to this goddamn plot she's there to be annoying that's it 
Period. There's nothing else. I'm just waiting for you to finish so you can ask me my opinion. <laughs> I think John Lithgow, as the the passenger, you see the neuroses. You see him just absolutely terrified to be up there. William Shatner does it a lot more subtly, and that is still to be commended. But, God, John Lithgow, I I could I feel like if I touched the if I paused the screen while he was up on there and I touched it, it would be wet from sweat. Yeah, it's gross, but I really feel like that would have happened. So, which one was yours? The original. Yeah, I thought the original is superior in most every way. The main reason why. In the remake, you don't doubt for a second that, of course, there is a gremlin on the wing of this plane. They shoot and play it in such a way that even when no one else sees it, you're like, of course there is. You don't doubt John Lithgow. You don't doubt his mental faculties. Of course there's a thing on the wing of the plane and no one will believe him, which is its own terror. But the original plays it so much better in having a wife, the person who would most trust her husband, in any given circumstance, gives him a backstory that he has disrupted a flight before for reasons and could again. He has been in a insane asylum, technically, yep. working on this very problem. And he's so calm and he's so collected. And you can tell he's trying to be normal and sane. And then he looks out the window and sees something. And instantly the whole thing is... If I say something, they're going to think I'm insane. And if I don't say something, we may die. And we as the viewer doubt him as a reliable narrator because they take great pains to show his wife, who seems to be a very sympathetic character who loves him, mm -hmm. who, who just who wants to believe him but doesn't. The pilot who comes back and tries to lie his way into Shatner's good graces to make him think, oh, yeah, I know, but we can't alert the other passengers. He plays it differently, and it's shot differently, where you as the audience are double-guessing. And that's why it's such a powerful thing when they cart him off, and a few minutes later it pans over, and you see the tears on the wing of the plane. You're like, it was real. He wasn't insane. Whereas in the remake, of course there's something on the wing of that plane. And I'm not sure how there's they play it differently, but there is a distinct difference. I think, uh, so what you're saying is the original is better because that it's more plays on a paranoia, whereas the uh, the remake is more of a monster thing. Yes. Okay. I see that, but that's I feel like that was the point behind it to begin with. Plus However, it explains what a gremlin is. Because I always yeah, see the line, it's a gremlin forgot, on the did. wing of the plane. I'm like, and Shatner goes, you know those things from World War I, the pilots who would go and walk up. Gremlins, they called them. Yes. Yeah, because I was yeah. like, that's not a that's a man in a suit. What are you talking about? Oh, my so, God. At least oh they explain God. it. That, that was, oh. And the furry but suit, the monkey suit. That was so goddamn, that was the worst creature design I've ever seen. It was so bad. Yeah, it wasn't. Now, I will say, though, again, because it's a monster movie the second time around, the monster is a lot scarier and more terrifying um, and in the John Lithgow one. But in the Shatner one, it's toying with him. You can yeah. see it toying with him. In the in the in the remake, 
he it toys with him, but not. But that's to the how extent. it plays. Yeah. That's how it plays psychologically, because of course the thing would be taunting him and no one else in the Shatner one. Whereas the other one, it's like I'm going to destroy this plane. Oh, is there a guy in the window? Doesn't matter. I'm still going to destroy this plane. It has nothing to do with the man in the window. Yeah, I I I, I see that. I, I I see what you're saying. I still like the the remake better, even with even with. Uh, the uh the paranoia some of the paranoids i still feel there is paranoia in it because even he doubts himself and uh it's you know it's one of those situations that like i i see all the faults in the the remake i still like it more mm-hmm. I, there's just something about it. i but that's the thing i don't dislike the original the original does a great job like i didn't think i would like it as much as i did and i really did like it but Ooh, man, it was it like that furry suit, man. I think that's I think that's what takes it out for me because you know it's hard to the the special effects back then were all weren't always that great, and it, a lot of times they had a hard time to even make stuff like that. But I still, <laughs> I still was like I like the remake better. the The creature design is really is much better. Um, I think John Lithgow does a, a di- it's a different paranoia, a different uh, mania than uh, William Shatner. And it's actually funny because John Lithgow was in the show Third Rock from the Sun, right? And they they always talk about how their leader, the big head, sent them there to study and everything like that. Well, in the show, the big head is played by William Shatner. Of course it is. Yep. William Shatner is a it's, fine actor. It's, it's, he did, they, they made a joke, uh, something about like, well, how do you enjoy your trip? He's like, yeah, but kept seeing there's something. I, I, I kept thinking there was something on the wing of the plane, and uh, uh, and John and John Lithgow is like, I know that feeling. Yeah, if there's a parody of this, they they play on Shatner post this short because he does not have any of his weird no. vocal patterns in yeah. this. Yes, I. I think there's something on the wing of the plane. Yeah, they, they, they don't. He does not have that in this at he all. He said, I would rather, what was it? I'd rather this plane go down than you think I am insane. Like, like he delivers some really great lines, whereas John yeah. Lithgow just seems completely subjugated by his nerves. He never once appears in control of anything. Even when he steals the gun, it's all wild flailing and it sends the plane down. Whereas and Shatner like he's, is... he's stuck out the side of the plane with another guy grabbing onto him. And Shatner knows what this implication could be. He knows. He's done this before. It's landed him in a sanatorium. He knows the consequences and yet he feels compelled to take it. I feel like this... Um, I feel like the endings... Uh, I feel like the original ending was a little stronger because they just ended and they're like wow crazy way to try to kill himself kill yourself and it's like he wasn't trying to kill himself he's trying to shoot the wing of the plane for some reason and they're like well that's still strange in the in the remake they're like it was all these people like he had a gun the whole time i saw i saw it and and the guy was like no it was my gun but he was crazy the whole time and it's like and it was like well he was john lithgow was crazy the entire time he was on that plane he would have been labeled terrorist if he was (laughs) if it was today like sir you are being handcuffed to the seat now (laughs) unabomber 
but it's uh they i still i still feel like i like the remake i like the remakes of all three of them better than i like the originals all of the originals were so each one had their own kind of depression in it like i felt a weird kind of depressing afterwards i'm not saying everyone needs to have like a a, a happy ending. I mean, I've seen other well, ones. Well, that's the thing. Like, I think you're missing the point then of the Twilight Zone. You're the one who told me that there can't be a framing device. It's just these stories with no recurring characters, and that's what the movie is the way it is. But then you can't say, oh, there should be happy endings in it, because no, Twilight no, no, Zone no, episodes no, no. are not about happy endings. No, like, uh, it, uh, it happened on uh, Mulberry Street. Like, I... I are actually, you confused? Are you talking about and to think that I saw it on Mulberry Street? Because that's no, a Dr. Seuss book. Yes, there is that one. There's an episode of Twilight Zone where a, a, a like a block uh, or like a, almost like a, um, a subdivision is actually gripped by paranoia and fear, and everyone thinks that everyone else is an alien. Yeah, and it's so it, it's actually one of their more intelligent episodes, uh, and they. Uh, um, they do a really good job with the writing and the characters, like how they slowly devolve into just, they just give into their paranoia. And, uh, that one, I was like, I've seen, I've watched it. I've, I've read the script multiple, multiple times. It's, it's actually really, really, really good. And, uh, <laughs> it, uh, um, but I've seen other ones that like, I don't want a happy ending, but like, God, all of them were bitter. They weren't even bittersweet. They were depressing. Yep. Um, because uh, there was one I watched. It was called The Hitchhiker. And this woman uh, is driving driving by herself, and she's trying to get to a town or something like that, kind of similar to the setup for uh, it's, a, it's a Good Life. Um, not to be confused with It's a Wonderful Life. Uh, and she's driving through, and she sees this guy uh hitchhiking and he looks directly at her and he, you know he puts his thumb out and he like he looks at her and she just kind of drives by not really thinking much of it you know she got a kind of an uneasy feeling but she didn't think much of it well about 20 30 miles down the road there he is again it's the exact same guy same thing he's like oh maybe i saw maybe maybe it was an illusion maybe I, he, the guys looked familiar then she sees him again and, and then again and again and again and it, and it but the ending is they they don't it's not a happy ending by any means but the way they end it is a little bit more bittersweet than i would say kind of like the bittersweetness of uh the guy not get, being able to go and kick the can um and i don't mean in the original i mean in the uh the remake right because the remake yeah it's a bittersweet ending like these people have basically said okay we're okay that we're gonna die sooner rather than later and that's okay and that's it you know um but i don't like that just how depressing the originals were all right uh i really do like that i think that's what makes them twilight zones it's true it's true i really do like that and it's it's about you know i mean that, that's the whole point of the uh the original property the one that's not based on any original story you can tell that's if they give if they shot that redemptive ending it wouldn't have made sense of the canon but as it does i could see that of being made before and being remade for this movie it feels like a twilight zone episode it the the oddly supernatural elements where he is randomly transported back in time and it's kind of a comeuppance kind of ending too yeah absolutely i agree with that but 
Yeah, I, I think this is one that we're going to differ on. <laughs> oh, good. That means that our podcast has achieved its goal. <laughs> well, I think we've gone on certainly long enough. We've uh, to compare four different movies, pretty much. Four different shorts, yeah. But uh, thank you guys so much for saying at this point. Uh, definitely... Um, Watch our next episode. We will be releasing both of these at the same day, so you already know what the second episode is. Yes, and so I, I'm, I'm sure if you know me at all, or if you uh, know me at least slightly, you know why I picked this last one. Mm-hmm. And it's not Hocus Pocus. It's not been it's some... It's not Hocus Pocus. It's not been some like lead up to it. Or, oh, it's actually Hocus Pocus. <laughs> oh, wouldn't that be terrible if we've just been saying the whole time, no, <laughs> it's not Hocus Pocus. And then we just like bust out this insane theory. I was, that's nostalgia critic levels of trolling right there. <laughs> no, we aren't going to troll you. We really aren't doing it. There's not much yeah. left to say. We already gave you a mini review last week anyways. Yeah. And uh, so have a very lovely Halloween. Be safe. Wear reflective tape. Stick it on your children's foreheads no matter where they go. <laughs> Tape it across their mouths. Even get it across their nose in case the light bounces any way, up the bottom. Any way to be safe, really. It's yeah. all about the children. It's all it's all about the children. Enjoy your candy uh, and enjoy this and the next episode. I'm so excited. Mm-hmm. And we'll be recording that shortly. <laughs> all right. Uh, so thank you guys for sitting with us for that long. And, uh, of course, be sure to follow us, share, and... Uh, Tell us below, uh, or email us, comment, shoot us a message, whatever, whichever way you would like to. Uh, what is your favorite Twilight Zone episode? If you've seen any of them, yeah. Um, or if uh, if you've seen all of them and you want to say that you like the original shorts better than the the movie, let us know. We want to hear from you guys. You know, we've been doing a couple of these prompts and we've not heard as much from anybody, but we want to keep giving opportunity. So I think everyone just had just as busy in October as we have. <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, and be sure to uh, subscribe and follow and share, share and share alike. <laughs> Sharing is caring. Yes, it is. So. Until then, she's been Elizabeth. He's been Aaron. And, and we're, we're married, married to, to the, the idea. idea.